Nah. Bam, we're live, dude. This dude. is cool as shit. It's what a nice a surprise. Yes, it was uh, uh, impromptu at the very least. <laughs> uh, where are you at? Turku, Finland. Where? Turku, Finland. Where Where in Finland is that? How far north is that? Is that close to Helsinki? It's two hours straight west of Helsinki. It's on the, it's on the ocean, or the sea. I guess it's the sea that's up there. What, what, uh, and and what are you doing out there? Did you even go home after the games, or you went straight there? <laughs> I went home for uh, four four days or five days. Okay, I see it. Turku, yeah, there it is, right on the Baltic Sea. It looks like it's uh, so. It's a uh, what is it? Second, third biggest city in Finland. It used to be the capital until 1812 when the Russians decided to move it to Helsinki. No shit. That's true? I found that out today. Uh, someone told you or you were doing a little uh, little wiki? Someone told me. And then I asked someone else a trivia question, someone who was from Turku. I asked them if they knew what year that it no longer was the capital. And nobody knew, so we looked it up. Uh, I remember when, when I visited Nico there, I noticed that's when I noticed how close uh, St. Petersburg was, Russia. I said, oh, you guys do a lot of vacationing over in Russia? And he looked at me like I was crazy, like, no. Oh, Miko. Yeah, Miko Salo. So and I was at that point, I was like, okay, the, 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 the Finns and the Russians, <laughs> they don't do much. much uh, well, zoom, if you zoom out a little bit, I mean, it's a massive border between Finland and Russia. It goes all the way up north there. Yeah. Nor Norway sneaks across the top part, so Finland doesn't go all the way up to the um, Norwegian Sea or the Barency, but um, yeah, most of that border is with Russia, and they, have, I'm sure, have quite an extensive. Hey, that's crazy that Finland allowed. Uh, it, it's crazy that Sweden didn't get some of this, and it's crazy that Finland allows this. That Norway should just give that shit back to them. I know but, they have a massive western coast, and Finland and Sweden have none of it. They probably allow them some pretty uh, easy travel through here, I'm guessing. I mean, from. Nurgam to Varengerboth right there, it can't be very far at all. And, dude, look, I bet you this is just desolate, huh? Like, no one even lives up here. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, first of all, there's all those cities, but the northern part of Finland is called Lapland. Uh -huh. And I and there's athletes competing here that are from the northern part of Finland. Oh, crazy. Is it just Finnish people at this um, at this comp? There are three athletes who are not from Finland, one male from Estonia, one female from Germany. She was also at semifinals and uh, one Israeli that was also at semifinals, but in Asia on the, on the women's side. So it's not, it's not exclusive just to uh, Finnish people. Correct. And I think that they have ambitions of, of becoming a little bit more international as a competition, which is one of the reasons that they brought me over here. And, oh, and, and meaning what? They kind of bring in some high, higher, more high-profile commentators and whatnot? Just um, people from outside of Finland. And I was speaking with one of the organizers today, and they mentioned that um, they think I do a kind of a good job of, you know, not just focusing on the really mainstream fleets or competitions, but to try to, you know, bring some attention to the more global or diverse community of CrossFit. And I, you know, I've also been pretty open this year about the fact that I want to do that even more and more. Um, and then, I, you know, Hanu, who I've, I think I've spoken to you about before, he's like, he's, he started running competitions here in Finland as early as 2010. 
And although he's not the organizer of this competition, he is working here. And ever, you know, pretty much everyone who's working here knows him or has worked with him in the past. And so he kind of vouched for me and said, let me, let me see if Brian would be willing, willing to come over. And they seem to be excited about that. Uh, and has the first day of competition occurred? Yeah, so today was day number one for the elite division, and uh, there's only two days for the RX division. There are only elite and RX um, divisions here. They only had one event today. It was, it's actually pretty cool. It's three-day competition. They have three different sites over those three days that they'll compete at. It's programmed by Jona Koski and has been for, I think, all five years that it has, it has existed. So he's um, there. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, and his girlfriend Amelia, who you know, who's a former games athlete, is competing in the women's division. She's probably the favorite to win it. Um, so he's programming. Any uh, uh, is is Miko there by any chance? I was told that he. I didn't. He wasn't here today, but I think he has a decent number of athletes that are competing in the RX division. So I, it seems likely that he'll be around tomorrow or the next day. And how many athletes in total? The I think the elite divisions have had twenty each male and female and the rx divisions i think have twice that many maybe 40 wow so 120 athletes so it's busy yeah. it's big this this is the premier elite competition in finland for the year and it has been for the last five years there was like a you know as as with most parts of the world there was a little bit of a gap in terms of competitions being available but prior to that was the winter war was the, the primary one that's the one that hanu ran and now this one's kind of taken up the mantle as being the top competition in finland for finnish athletes but they're you know they're starting like i said to try to reach outside last year um, adrian moonviolet was the winner here uh, adrian moonviolet is someone i would have never heard of if it wasn't for you and people like that it's funny i was going to crack a joke earlier about there's people like moonviolet uh hepalainen um uh Mikkel, he's here um, his girlfriend's who competing who hepalainen he's not competing he but his girlfriend is yeah Wow, and it, wow, and, and he's there after the games too. That's crazy. I wouldn't have heard of him. Uldus Ubenex. There's all these people, um, the Sahara Kais of the world, the Maya Anganes. I mean, not that they're Ty Jenkins. Have, uh, who, uh, <laughs> who, who is that? Kaike Servani? Who? Who's who? No, who's, Ty, oh, Ty, Ty Jenkins? Jenkins. Yes, yes. <laughs> crazy. Hey, dude. Totally off subject here. Well, let's spend two minutes here. How about that kids comp? The dudes, I didn't watch any of the girls, but the dudes are savages. The teenage boys at the games are, yeah, the 16, 17-year-old division is always, I mean, they, they, they're they intimidating to me, like physically. Their physiques are crazy at 16 and 17 years old. And the 14 and 15-year-olds are super talented. But, yeah, by the time some of those guys are 16, 17, like, they're massive. And, and Ty talks. Ty, is, he's, he's, he's a pretty, verbal. I would say he's a he's very verbal. impressive young man. That's crazy. I won't it's, say too much about him because I know you got a lot of stuff on him that you're going to share eventually. Yeah. Uh, what Brian's referring to is we were at the CrossFit Games, and there were times when literally there were 15 or 20 times where Brian and I would just pass just very quickly, fist bump, hug, whatever, and he would be like, blah, blah, blah. And one of the t blah, blah, blahs he gave me was this Ty Jenkins over there, four straight wins or something. And I just immediately, I think I was going into North Park. I flipped to you, and I went straight to the ice bath where he was at or where he was sitting and, of course, the story unfolded huge. He has a famous coach who was the fittest nurse in the world at one point, uh, Jessica Griffith. Um, then she was you – know, it was great. And I ended up – he in the behind the scenes, you'll see he's one of the minor characters that throughout the weekend um, I talked to. And that was just from Brian being like, dude, that guy. And, 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 it, and it was cool.
You do you think before we get back to Finland? Do you think any of these boys are going to make the leap the way we saw um, Mal, uh, Olivia Kerstetter, Emma Lawson, Emma Carey make the leap? Is is a boy ready to do that? I'm so I'm so impressed with you recalling all four of those women. It was close. It was close. <laughs> I was thinking about maybe throwing one or two more in there. I was like, easy, be happy with four, Sevy. <laughs> um, not in one year. I still don't think that there's really much opportunity for a male who's 17 or 18 years old to make it for two reasons. One is just the de- overall depth of field, and two is the you know just the development pattern of men taking a little bit longer than women, you know, age-wise. Uh, I see uh, somewhere. I see Dick Butter's. Uh, there he is, Dick Butter. Hi, Brian. Did you see uh, who happened to take 21st in Heat One? Um, how did you do? Uh, what's he referencing? Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. All right. I thought he was talking about a competition, and he kind of was. He's talking oh. about this heat one. Ah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm guessing that Dick Butter might have gotten 21st. I don't know, either that or Trish. Hey, uh, for everyone who doesn't know, Heat One, the shirt that Brian Friend was just holding up, is the uh, fantasy CrossFit fitness app uh, developed by Tyler Watkins, uh, just unleashed this year. A bunch of us, uh, Brian uh, and, and a bunch of other people have gotten behind it, uh, quickly skyrocketed over 3,000 uh, people playing the game. Uh, they had a hugely successful first run at the CrossFit Games. Is there, is Heat, what's Heat One's next event? I think it's Rogue. There was, Rogue. I talked to Tyler about the chance of doing Madrid. I'm not sure what his decision was on that, but I think Rogue and Wadapalooza are guarantees, and like Madrid and Dubai are maybes. You can go to the Apple Store or to the Google Store and uh, download the app. It's H-E-A-T-1. Uh, if you have any questions, I can't promise that they'll get back to you, but you can, I think, uh, <laughs> you, you know Brian's Instagram. And then there, the um, the guy who developed the app, his name is uh, it's Tyler Watkins, but it's Tex, T-E-X-X-S or something. Yeah, S's. maybe two X's and two S's, but you can also, you know, go to the Heat One app and they'll probably... I think they'll probably respond there. The guy that he's working with, Adam, is quite he's quite good and very on top of it. How um how long are you in Finland? One week. The, okay. It was pretty late planning. The, the logistics were, you know, we try, had to try to figure them out, and it was six hundred dollars less to fly Tuesday to Tuesday than any other combination of days. So I asked if I could stay a couple extra days, and they said yes. And uh, so I'll have two days on the back end, Sunday and Monday, with no competition. And we're going to go around and see some different parts of Finland, play some disc golf courses here. There's disc golf in Finland? Oh, yeah. this morning. It's on my Instagram. Right. And there were some great guys um, on that we used to watch on the disc golf show. Yeah, before we canceled it and shattered my dreams. I apologize. Well, it, sometimes, it took me a thousand <laughs> hey, times of trying to quit I'm smoking going. before I quit smoking. Maybe we'll just try again. <laughs> I'm going to the United States Disc Golf Championship with my brother this year. Oh, when's that? Uh, it's the weekend after I get back from being gone for seven straight weeks. October 9th. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Okay. Uh, the reason why I'm speaking extra fast is I know it's very late there. I know at some point Brian's going to turn into a pumpkin. Um, I, I do want to talk more about Finland, but I want to get a little more perspective for people. So you're in Finland. Where do you go from there? Iron Games. To where? Sorry, you broke up. Utah for the okay. Iron Game. Iron Games? Is that a rogue thing? 
No, the Iron okay. Games existed uh, before Rogue Invitational, or the Iron Game, as they called it, Rogue did. It's a, it's a competition that's run by two guys out in Utah. Um, both of the guys are actually friends with the Buttery Bros. I think one of them went to college and might have played with Marston, and one of them might have even grown up with Heber. Those two guys and Tommy have competed there. Dallin Pepper and James Sprague have competed there, and they actually reached out to me and said that it's a very well-run competition when they found out I was going. And I had already heard that that's reasons that I'm going out there. Okay. And then after Utah? Pit team throwdown. What state is that in? Michigan. Okay. And that's a team event? Teenage. Oh, teenage. Okay. I'm excited for that this year because of the collegiate division. They have introduced a division. It's for 18 to 22-year-olds. You don't have to qualify for it. You can just sign up. And the idea behind it is that there's not a there's not an organized space for people to compete as if it was a college sport or even a college club, CrossFit club or whatever. But in most other disciplines, there are. And as you mentioned on this show, it's very difficult, especially for the men, but even for a lot of the women, to actually make it in the elite division, no matter how good they were as teenagers, when they're 18, 19, 20 years old. And that's basically true in every sport. You know, for every LeBron James that can come out of high school and immediately have an impact in the NBA, there's 100 guys that need one to four years of college to develop before they have a chance to have an NBA career. And that's, I think, has shown to be true for CrossFit as well. But unlike any other sport or most other sports, there's no developmental leagues. You get, you know, once you graduate the teenage division, there's nothing for those next four years if if you can't make it. And as we've seen over and over and over again with some of the in the teenage world they just you know it's it's frustrating to try to stick with it for the entirety of that time until you make it dallin pepper and tudor magda are the youngest guys to do it at 20 and that's just two guys you know um uh how many participants will a teenage uh event have this pit teen event and will any of the games athletes go or too soon they're still recovering. I do. I actually, I have the roster. I, I'm not sure how many. There's quite a few. They have a JV division, which is for like, it's like first timers. Um, and there's a decent amount of participation there. They have a varsity division and then they have this collegiate division. I know they capped the collegiate division, I think at 20 each, okay. but the other divisions are much bigger than that. There's well over a hundred kids competing. Okay. So the event's popping. Yeah. I mean, they, they came onto the scene when, when COVID happened and the, the CrossFit games canceled all the divisions, except for the elite individuals, which was, you know, basically out of necessity or, I mean, it was a very logistically, it would have been very logistically challenging to do that. And these guys took it. They're like, you know what, we want to provide something for the kids. And they did that. Mallory O'Brien was the champion there in the women's division that year. I can't remember who won for the boys and they've kept it going since then. And I think that while there are other good competitions for teenagers, that these guys are the best in terms of the their passion for delivering a great weekend for the kids to the extent that they even have um, like bit, like opportunities for both the kids and the parents of these kids. Because, you know, you know, having kids like if you have someone who's highly competitive in something, it's a huge commitment for the parents too, huge. and it can be really really difficult to manage the emotional physical toll that this sport in particular can take so they have some workshops and they have some like activities outside of the competition during that weekend that are meant to foster a community of peers both parents and kids that can help kind of weather some of those storms uh megan uh east uh, just a small hello to say thanks for being great 
Um, uh, Audrey, uh, we who gives a fuck about CrossFit? We want Brian Friend Part Two. Fair enough. I, I hope we don't mind. I uh, paraphrased that. Uh, Kenneth Delap, the Mormon Network. It's real. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what I was thinking. Um, Audrey, Heidi, I want to come on you. That's weird. Okay. Um, you know, uh, we, I did a live show on Be Friendly last week, and uh, someone kicked like they they blocked Audrey. No shit. One of your wrenches did. She said, "I love." I don't you have any wrenches. I don't have any wrenches. How can you block think... Audrey? She's like the most loving, giving person ever. I think it was a genuine mistake. I think Chad Mueller did it on accident, but you know she does flirt, skirt the lines a little bit, so it, was, it just made it that much more fun. I had to wear a rain jacket around her. She kissed me so many times at the games. Yeah, she is. She assaulted me too. Yeah, that's awesome. Assault away. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite. Was my favorite part of the games. Um, okay, so so let's go back. Uh, Finland, Utah. Pit team, what's next? Pit team, pit team. Spain, Spain, Madrid championship. That's the big one. That's the one. Sorry, going back in. Have any of these three you've mentioned so far, H CrossFit HQ sanctioned, or does CrossFit, CrossFit even do that anymore? The competition is a CrossFit licensed event. At the athlete briefing today, they actually were using specific rules for movement standards and the appeal process from the CrossFit Games rulebook. Okay. I'm fairly i believe the pit team throwdown is i have a document that has all this um, information for my travel schedule whatever but it's i think pit team throwdown is and i'm not sure i i don't i don't know about the other ones i don't want to say either way brian you need to come on the show more you've gotten soft you're you used to be like so ready for just the whole barrage of questions i would ask you how many uh, hairs are on your head you knew every and now that now two have slipped <laughs> through the cracks i i two Oh, only two. Uh, first live show I've caught in a while. Killing it, fellas. Good to see Brian back here. Allegra R. Hi. Okay. Um, Spain, Madrid. That's That event has always flirted with making it into what we call sort of the the set, uh, the, the oh, God, I don't want to insult anyone. Let's, go, let's call it the top tier, meaning the CrossFit Games, Rogue, uh, Wadapalooza, um, and wasn't there, what's the other Dubai one? Dubai is usually. Dubai. Thank you. Spain has always kind of flirted with falling, coming in there, in there. Are they in? Are they out? Where are, where do they sit now? So, you know, a few months ago, I released something on my website called the competition framework, where I kind of tiered events based on the athletes that participate there. So the thing about those events that you listed is that they have like more than half of the field is, is games athletes. I would say that that's what kind of qualifies it as separating from rest, the rest of the competition. Madrid's elite division is a lot bigger in terms of the total number of participants in the elite men's and women's field than those other events. And like last year, I believe they had 80 something males in their elite division. And obviously those aren't all games athletes. So it's, I would say it's lacking the number it has, it does have high quality games athletes. And I'm talking like uh, Lazar Jukic and Yonikoski, who are finishing top 10 at the games and turning around and competing there five or six weeks later. They have guys that didn't make the games this year, like Luka Jukic, Yorgos Karavis, Alex Katulis. They have Wilda Supinex, who is in the top 20 of the games this year. So they have some high caliber athletes, but the field is diluted by the size. So it's just, a, I would say it's like the next step below. Is that, um, is that an article you were referencing or is it a drop down tab or where, can I still find that? Is it in, yeah, you uh, probably have to search for it in the top right, I think. I don't okay. know. Where okay. Oh, hey, that might be. Has anyone ever ranked events? 
Well, I, I, uh, I tiered the events based on who they cater to. I didn't rank them in terms of like the quality though. God, your, your website keeps uh, growing and growing and growing. This is awesome. Well, <laughs> you're a busy man. Hey, are you, are you, uh, what do you think about Proven? Not, um, did Proven even make it to the podium? Yeah, they were second. What do you think? How, how bad did Invictus uh, whoop them by? By the amount of running that was programmed at the games. Oh, ooh, that, is that a jab? There was a lot of running on the team side relative to the number of competitions, and Invictus wasn't was a, was much better on those te- on the specifically the running portions of those tests than proven. And I think that, and the biking test as well. And in the, just the biking and running tests combined, I think was basically the margin of difference that they won by. Wow. When it came to the CrossFit workouts, they were like you know that didn't have those ma- massive monostructural components. Uh, it was pretty pretty even. Even proven might have been a little better. Uh, do you think that the wrong champion was chosen for teams? No. Okay. Are you are you disgusted with the team programming? No. No. Okay. Uh, I thought supp- I, I didn't I I didn't dive into the team program at the games as much as I do the individuals because it's not my directive from the broadcast side of things. I look at it and I look over it and I you know I I did have a chance to watch some of it this year as it was happening thought there were some really cool elements in some ways i feel like adrian put more effort into the team side of things this season than the individual i know that that's not true but if it kind of felt that way like they they had some kind of cool like that the four person seated row pulling the bob i thought that was very cool i thought the earthworm was a nice like hybrid of the old wooden one and the new cloth one but with the segmented pieces so i I thought there were some nice uh nice features of the team competition I was really, I really enjoyed the worm just yanking people, members of the team, just straight to the ground, slamming them down. That shit was crazy. You always do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, that's wrong. They shouldn't have that. But man, did I really enjoy that. Um, okay. Finland, Utah, Pitt, Teen, Spain, Madrid. So um, we were talking about how is Spain going to have high level athletes this year? Do we know yet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just listed off several on the male side. On the female side, I've heard some rumors of some that may join late. But as of as of now, I, I would say they actually just put their full rosters out on their Instagram today. Um, and I think Jacqueline Dahlstrom, Annika Greer were towards the top of that list, if I remember correctly. Uh, oh. But I but but I I think that it's one of those competitions, especially with its proximity to the games, where if there are games athletes that are interested in going, they hold, a, they might hold some spots for them, you know, cause like, like I spoke to Henry Kapalainen today and he's like, man, I'm I, like, I'm, they're doing, they were doing this pretty cool workout on a velodrome. And he's like, I kind of want to do the workout, but I also don't know how well recovered I am. So there it is. Yeah. So Greer, Dahlstrom, Campos, Helga daughter being the headliners, obviously and they're the biggest text, but I think there may be a couple additions late. We'll see. Uh, Hannah Carlson. <laughs> Uh, Andreas Solberg. Where did where did I yeah, see? I mean, there's Hannah a ton. Co- was Hannah Carlson at Zelos? No, where was she? Uh, uh, Dubai. Dubai. Okay. There's a bunch of semifinal athletes here. Oh shit! Mostly. Travis Myers Mayer's getting back in the mix. Yes, I spoke to him at the games, and he was, he had uh, mentioned he was going to go to Madrid, and that he's you know obviously 
it was it was uh, you know a couple of the, a lot of these athletes that weren't that didn't make the games this year Annika Jacqueline Travis they were in Madison and uh it was it was interesting talking to them about how much they wanted to be out there but also they'd kind of just like rationalize with themselves okay I'm not competing and I am going to be there and to try to like make the most of of the week anyway and then you know in part that was uh like reinvigorating for them so Travis I think has a pretty big fire lit uh, uh, they have Moon Moon Moonweiler, Adrian Moonweiler, and Uldis Upenex in the wrong position. Shouldn't Uldis have his name large and Moonweiler be a little smaller? Yeah, Uldis should be on the top line in my opinion, unless it's a unless it's a character count thing. He was in the top twenty at the games, made the final cut, his four straight games appearances, and you know there's several guys that are listed ahead of him on that lineup that don't have as good credentials. Uh, Moritz Fiebig at the top of the comments, insane lineup. That was a cool dude. I really liked meeting him. Yeah, he's, he's easy to get along with. Okay, after Spain, where does uh, uh, Be Friendly Fitness go? Sweden. Sweden. What do you do there? Just vacation? No, I'm going to spend two days in Stockholm with Mads Jacobson and visit some of the athletes that I know there in Stockholm. And then I'm going to go to the Halmstead Throwdown, which is – a community event. It's not an elite competition that Roger Grios hosts. It's one of the seven or eight events that he puts on annually. And it was, it just, since I was going to be in Spain anyway, I asked him when all of his competitions were, there was one the next weekend. So I just decided to head up there to check it out. I just kind of help him out a little bit. You know, maybe I'll do some Instagram stuff or whatever, but nothing formal. And then he invited me to stay and come to Oslo with him after that. So we're going to go over to Oslo just to hang out for a few days before I head back to the States. One, two, three, four, five. When you come back to the States, do you come home or do you go, do you go to another competition? I'm going to Power Monkey Camp. <clears throat> and after Power Monkey Camp, I'll go to the Masters Fitness Collective and then I will go home. Uh, Masters uh, Fitness Collective, is that like the premier Masters competition? Mm, there are, there are, or is so that similar Legends? to the. I guess it depends who you ask. I, okay. I feel like, uh, you know, those both of those competitions also emerged at the same time as the pit team throwdown, more or less, as a opportunity for the Masters divisions to compete in the year that they didn't have the CrossFit Games 2020. Um, I think there's a little bit of a rivalry between the two. So, you know, there I did a, a something last year that um, it showed like a, the athletes that in, on the podium from the games, Masters Fitness and Masters Legends, and there was some crossover, you know, in, in all regards. Um, so some of the athletes do both. Some of them seem to be partial to one or the other. Um, I think they're they're. I not go to Masters Legends um, main event last year, but I went to one of their qualifying events that Chase Ingram was hosting down in Dallas, and uh, you know, every, from all the athletes that I've spoken to, I think that you know both organizing parties are pretty uh passionate about it and it's mostly been a good experience i think that that, the community of masters athletes is generally grateful that they exist and that they may have created those opportunities for them um there was a time i want to say it was before the 2009 games where i drove back and forth across the country twice uh just visiting uh crossfit games athletes and then i would go to europe and i was basically the only person that I knew of anywhere in the world who was traveling to visit CrossFit athletes and to film with them. And I was always on the road all like, and that you doing this, I think puts you in a league 
where you will begin to, if you don't know more than anyone alive already, you're going to know more than anyone alive very shortly. Like, I, I actually, I, I think you're going to be like the first dude who has like a legit PhD in fucking CrossFit game shit. It, it, this is this is gonna um, this is gonna take your game to a whole nother level. It's kind of like seeing the you're gonna see nuances between the cultures and their movements and the gym and the people and their athletes and the physiques and your brain. You're gonna be taking in so many data points that you don't even know you're taking in. You know what I mean? Such from the nuances to to the most gross and obvious superficial things. It's gonna be nuts, dude. You must be stoked. Are you, are you stoked or are you like, is it a daunting task when you look at your schedule? I'd say both. I yeah. think, you know, the going back and forth across the Atlantic four times in seven weeks, that's probably, yeah, that's, that's probably nice. kind of daunting. But, uh, you know, I've traveled a lot and, and you know this because you've traveled more than, than I have for sure. That um, it just You just have to have the right mindset when you're traveling like get to the airport early enough that you don't miss your flight everything else is out of your control right and yeah, as long as you just accept early. it i mean look how, the, how the early do you like to I get had, there how early do you, i like to get there two hours early if it says one hour mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the first the first flight that i had from charlotte to, to jfk was delayed 90 minutes eight hours before the flight plane was even going to take off and i'm about to embark on this seven week 10 stop five country you know journey and I'm like, and I have a connection in, in JFK to fly direct to Helsinki overnight. And I'm like, well, if I miss that flight, I don't know what's going to happen. And I could immediately start panicking. I could start making phone calls to airlines and whatever, but I can't do any good. Show up to there. Like, they know that your flight's delayed. And uh, paper, paper Street Coffee, I don't know if it's still available, but use code SEVON get 18% off your subscription. If that doesn't work, use code SEVON and get something. You'll get some sort of discount. They always take care of all the people who listen to the SEVON podcast. Uh Dear Masters Fitness Collective, everyone knows Paper Street Coffee is the official coffee of freedom and fitness and CrossFit. And uh, I chug that shit. Chug that shit like I chug. Well, different story. Uh, Masters Fitness Collective, I, I vouch for them. Thank you. Geriatric comps are the best. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so then you come back to the States and is it kind of just is, is your schedule is, is that as far as you you're looking right now just uh no, one two three I've four five a... six seven events six uh events one tr- uh, big training camp and then a uh, national championships for frisbee golf and then the week after that it is crash crucible oh shit that's our homeboy jr's yeah i had a call with him last night i think we were going over some stuff for that i'm gonna i'm gonna do the commentary there as well um, how, how is that? How, how you moved to Charlotte from uh, Chicago? You happy with your move? I haven't been there that much. <laughs> do you even have a place? <laughs> I do, and I'm not sure why. Like, I really feel like I should have put my stuff in storage and like stayed at a friend. Like, I probably should have just stayed at my brother's house in Madison. He has an extra bedroom, two extra bathrooms, whatever, and just you know flown out of there. But I didn't know my schedule would be like this when I had to make a decision to move. So. But it does feel silly to pay rent for a place for a month that you're not ever there. Right. Um, and uh, your overall, have you had much chance to reflect on the games? Yeah. I, you know, I, I know that there were people that wanted to do shows immediately afterwards. I took a, kind of four or five days to just reflect and think about things. And then we did it. We've done two shows on Be Friendly Fitness. One was 
three hours long almost, and it was all focused on the athletes. Patrick just went through athlete by athlete and asked me different questions. And then the second one was like a 2023 season recap where I talked more about the good and the bad things from the CrossFit games, from semifinals, from the online qualifier parts of the season, the season as a whole, and then kind of projected forward to next year based on what we learned this year. Are those um... – uh, okay, I see one two days ago and one six days ago. Those are the ones you're referencing. They have a catcher and David's daughter, and then they have the champs. Correct. Yeah, we don't get the, quite the engagement that you get, but we have only been doing it for a couple months and a couple shows. Dude, you have more viewers than you do subscribers. That's all that matters. Um, that is cool, yeah. That's crazy cool. Hey, between me and you. Yeah, no one else is listening. Between me and you, it's at the end of the show. I know you said it's late. I only get you for a half hour. I'm already two minutes over. I know you're about to turn into a pumpkin. I'm, I'm having fun. Let's say that Roman Krennikov wouldn't have hurt his foot. Mm. And we go into the last two events, and the score is 803 to 801. 815 to 813. All right, thank you. 815 to Or 805 to 803, something okay. like that. But we agree on one thing, two points. I think you actually might have had it right. Okay. Either way, two points. Two men, two points, two events. I know, it was such a bummer. Damn. Hey, does who wins that? Those two events. The, so the, the problem is I don't think that we saw what Jeff Adler was capable of on either of those tests. I agree. Because there was no need for him to do anything else than what he did. He knew the situation, and it was kind of like Fraser in twenty. Um, 17 for the Fibonacci finale. He could have beat Logan Collins' time from two heats prior, but he had no need. And Laura Horvath did the same thing in the last workout this year. She she might have been able to beat Olivia Kersetter's time, sweep all the Sunday events for the first time since Froning and had these kind of – but she didn't need to. You saw her just looking there, looking around the Coliseum, taking her time before picking up the lunge. And I was at watching Adler you know, quite closely during those workouts until I, I kind of realized that he was just – doing enough to, to secure the win. And, um, do you know, though, when I interviewed him, Brian, he actually said he was trying hard, but he was just saying, I'm paraphrasing, but just the motivation wasn't there. So it wasn't that yeah, he was sandbagging said, him. It's just that he didn't, he didn't feel any motivate. He didn't feel the pressure or motivation. He said it was very odd. Yeah, it was super odd because you finish a workout in the morning. You've just taken over the lead maybe you don't even know that you've taken over the lead but you've closed the gap you know you're in it you know that it's you know after the whole season and six years of preparing for this that it's coming down to you and one other guy and he's a freaking beast <laughs> like he's an intimidating figure on and off the floor you know and uh <clears throat> i mean you saw it when adler crossed the finish line like he did not celebrate like a guy usually celebrates when they become the crossfit games champion hey he, that you know, that could have been a great fucking movie like if someone has resources let's say roman's healthy all you do is you do a five minute preview and then the movie's called just what you named it what'd you call it two men two points two events uh-huh. what and you just drag that fucking thing out an hour and a half 90 minutes wow it could be a great doc you know but, i have i have at almost i think at every competition i've ever done a rankings for that Jeff Adler's participated in, I've he's beaten my expectations mm. every time. Sometimes it's by one spot, 
you know, cause I'll pick him second and he takes first to the semifinal or, you know, I pick him eighth and he finishes fifth at the games or last year, whatever it was. But um, so I, like, I, I, I'm really hesitant to say that I think Roman would have beat him on those last two tests or overcome the two point margin of victory because he's just consistently getting better and consistently outperforming my, you know, my projected expectation for him. Um. On the know, conventional felt... wisdom that um, Roman would have won, like somehow those events were better for Roman. I think the I think the last one was probably better for him than Jeff. The, but the one in, the one before that, I'm I'm not sure. Um, you know, the fact that Brent did so well on it may, leads me to believe that Roman probably would have done well on it too. Uh, it's not so much that I you know I think Roman could have notched a top on both and maybe a top three finish on both i'm i'm not sure about adler because i you know he was the one i was kind of waiting to see like i went before i found out which was very fast by the way that i found out about roman in my mind i was like what's how is jeff going to react to having a leader jersey knowing how close the margin is when it comes you know and that workout was it wasn't that difficult i didn't like for most athletes it wasn't that difficult but you had to be precise if you miss like if you miss one parallel or pirouette on the parallettes. If you just, you know, get a little out of rhythm with your heavy jump rope, if you can't figure out the sled pull, if, you know, you saw what happened to a couple of athletes who like forgot to run the rope the right way or, you know, whatever, like there were just some kind of nuances there. And if, if you're feeling the pressure, feeling the moment, whatever, you, you can thrive in that environment or you can maybe not. And I didn't think that Roman was really going to struggle with that because he was kind of there last year. The biggest thing I noticed from Roman this year compared to last year was just like a sense of belonging of confidence that he's like, the, you know, I mean, and, and it's totally understandable. You know, last year when he shows up to the games, especially since he's from Russia and there's this like general, you know, stigmatism towards Russia right now that a lot of people have, you don't know how you're going to be embraced. If people are going to boo you, if they're not going to cheer for you, like how they're going to react, you might not know, you know, no matter how confident you are in your fitness, how well you're going to perform against these guys, how well the body's going to hold up in the heat over the totality of the workout. None of that was an issue for him this year. Like, I think he was coming in full of belief and confidence, and I think he would have performed well in the last two tests. My Everything about Adler says he probably would have also, and it's just it's just a bummer. Like, yeah. It is a bummer. What what a great – it was a great buildup. Um, Jan, uh, happy birthday, buddy. Someone in here said it was your birthday. Happy birthday. Hey, and thanks for all the support you've given me over – I don't know how long, dude. You've been an amazing supporter over there. I believe you're in the UK. Uh, and if you're not, um, sorry, fuck up. But I know you're somewhere in Europe, and thank you. Uh, Brian, any thoughts on on the champ, on um, uh, Mr. Medeiros, uh, what happened? Um, oh, Jan Clark, thank you. Jan uh, fucking uh, Clark Esquire. Thank you, Jan Clark. There you go, yeah. Thank you. Don't put don't put that whole mic in your mouth at once. Any thoughts about? Um, oh, I will ask him about Ricky Mac. Good job, Auden. Good job. I'm gonna ask him about Ricky Mac. Hold on. God, we love Ricky Mac over here. Um, wait, wait, wait. Who's Ricky Mac? Yeah, formerly known as Ricky Garrard. Ricky Mac. It's his middle name, Ricky Mac. There's no if when your oh, middle name is Mac, you don't you don't you drop the Garrett. Ricky Mac. Um, any thoughts on Medeiros on the champ? Um, is there any reason – is there any, like, holy – I'm just going to say this. Like, uh, he came in there with a broken elbow. Or is there any 
rumors, you know, anything, any justification for why this guy who's just been the champ for two years in a row um, had some stumbles at, at semifinals and and then at the games relative to what our, our expectations are. Sure. I mean, well, I mean, let, to be fair, no, no matter who you are, if you win two years in a row, unless like in a scenario that doesn't exist came upon us where there was like 10 guys that entered the field that were, we just knew were better than him, which I don't, you know, that wasn't the case. I think I still picked him to win this year. Um, and I, and I wasn't, I wasn't super confident in that pick, but if you told me he wasn't going to finish in the top five, I would have thought that you were as ridiculous as, uh, you know, Jason Tyler Watkins prediction for next year's top five finisher. Um, and, and, Sorry. And do you have any thoughts? No, it's good. Always take a shot at someone. Uh, and do you have any thoughts on um, what happened? Coaching issue. Had him and Adam Knife were fighting. He was having his period. Um, he got soft. Training with Ellie. Um, he was injured. Is any? Do you have any speculation or or? And if you do, is it something you're willing to share? I also understand if you have some and you're just not ready to share it. Maybe the program. I haven't talked to. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to Adam Morelli. I did hang out with his parents one night, and um, in the RV park when I was over there after the Mayhem um, podcast, and they were kind of as confused as I was about what was going on, or, or so it seemed. And um, I talked about this on the podcast that we did six days ago, and a few people have added some comments on there, suggesting some different things about what might have been happening with him. Uh, I think I'm not sure if they got him from the interview or if I, I don't know. There's a lot of content out there, and with the amount of prep, with the reflection I've done on the games, the amount of preparation I've been doing for the what I'm doing right now, it's been difficult to consume all of it. Um, my instinct is is telling me that, I mean, look, it's like there are people that have ups and downs at the CrossFit games. They come in one year and do really well. And then the next year they don't really look at Brent Fikowski last year. This year he was fourth. Like it's a pretty dramatic difference. What happened to him last year? No one's entirely sure. The year before he seemed to have like a pretty messed up leg and he did a lot better than that. Um, you know, it's, it, it'd be the same if you asked me about Jason Hopper. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that, I was going to ask you that too. Any thoughts on Hopper? What about this? I just think Hopper's too big. I hate, I hate to say it. I think Hopper has to lose ten pounds. Maybe he's massive. It's, you know, he's massive, dude. Yeah, and this is you know this is you know part of the problem is we don't know how big he is. We don't know if he's ten pounds heavier than Roman or Yellow Hoste. They both did just fine. I think that in the case of Jason, if anything, it's more likely that he had two of the worst things that could have come up for him on the first day of competition, and he was just not able to recover from that mentally. That's oh, the best okay. I, that's the best in, in referring to just the, the, that biking event was pretty demanding if you're not pretty skilled on a bike and the pullovers were hard for him. You know, you don't have to, you can just watch that event and see. And I mean, that's a very real thing in this sport. And we talk about it all the time that the ability to recover when things don't go your way is what separates the greats from the goods in the sport. And, and, you know, he did, he did really well last year and didn't do so well this year. I, I'm not, writing him off. I didn't participate in spins top 25 because I wasn't ready to yet, but I would probably have Jason somewhere around 10th going into next year, which is, I think, you know, pretty fair, despite the fact that he finished 31st at the games. Justin, I still would probably have six, six, maybe six, something like that going into next year. Like I think they underperformed relative to their 
um, potential. Um, but at the same time, like there's no guarantee that there's that bounce back. We have, we have seen in the past athletes that come and have some success and then taper off and kind of fall off the radar after, you know, one or two seasons. I, I will say this too. Um, Hopper did have his wits about him and he, he, I never saw his spirit broken. Like when I would see him in the back or in the corrals or he did, he never, there are a lot of athletes who look like a beaten dog. <laughs> I mean, like they, sure. they come off the floor <laughs> looking like they've been doing meth for a week if they get a bad finish. I mean, they look distraught. Uh, I never, I never really saw, Hopper seemed mentally strong to me relative to Well, that's, I mean, and that's great to hear because like that, that day one, if you didn't do well on test three at the nightcap, the inverted medley, um, that day one was pretty brutal in every, every regard. Like there was no real escaping that bike ride. Even if you talk to guys like Dave or Don that just rode a lap or two, um, Rich did a 30 minute, you know, ride around there one day. It's like you had, like you had to pedal through the grass. It was hard. It was demanding. And the athletes did not have enough time to recover for what the next test was. And sometimes that's what happens at the games, you know, and that's, that's not a problem, but that's just a reality. And if you listen to or or read about the recaps that athletes are putting out there about the, it seems like half of them cramped up on the wall balls or the last set of pig flips, just because they didn't have enough time to come back from that. So if you put yourself in a situation where you did, you're not great on the bike, you didn't, you had a bottom half finish, you should do good on the next test. You start cramping in the wall balls. You, you know, you're like, I know I can move this better than everyone out here but I can't do it right now. And then you're also not good on your hands and you suddenly just string together just a terrible day after you've been training and preparing for a year for this. And people have high expectations for you and you have high expectations for yourself. Like that's, that's tough. And um, so if you, you know, if you saw him on the second day and he was still in good spirits, I would give him a lot of credit for that. And anecdotally, I heard that too. I, 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 I definitely, I feel like I heard more people say they cramped than said they didn't cramp and the bike was very demanding. And I think, um, uh, people underestimate. I mean, you, you had really talented. I think it was was it Nick Matthew and Colton Mertens that were being like carted off of there after the, that pig event, and the second heat of man is like looking at them, like what the heck? And, and like, how about Emma Lawson had to be carted off, even though she won the bike event. She she had to be carted off the bike event. Well, she made a bad decision on that workout. <laughs> it's just I a mean, she won move. it, right? Yeah, but she could have won it in a in a more strategic way. Hmm. What an impressive kid, right? She's phenomenal. Yeah, it's really, it really is impressive. And, you know, like we were talking about, she, you know, just because she was six last year, there was no guarantee that she would do better than that this year. Um, but she looked great. And, you know, what? there's definitely a skill. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know that much about this because I don't, I'm not intimately involved in the coaching of elite athletes. But she, she looked like um, a lot better at the games than she did at semifinals. And I think for the best athletes in the sport, that's, that's a good thing to understand how to do. Um, after Laura passed her and took the leader's jersey from her, Emma went under the underground, and she sat up against the concrete wall underneath the, the bleachers, and um, she, she sat by herself, and she was crying, and Tia came and talked to her. And it was, she was even composed in her crying. Even her, um, her, even her grief was different than other people's grief. It was managed grief. You know what I mean? She wasn't, there was nothing, um, chaotic about it or belligerent. She was just having just a a quick cry. Champ came over and, you know, talked to her, brushed herself off and got back out, got back to warming up. It was, it was, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. I've had more at the behind the scenes. (laughs) 
I've had a few conversations with Emma over the last year or so. I talked to her after the games last year in the Coliseum, and I spoke to her once this year. And she is very impressive for a young woman. She she comports herself extremely well. Okay, uh, Ricky uh, Ricky Mac. Ooh, you almost slipped up there. I did. Thank you. Uh, does Ricky Mac? I mean, I'm going to tell you what I have him. I'm going to tell you what uh, I did some. I, I did a uh, some research. Um, give me a second here. See if I can find my. I did a uh, peer-reviewed study. Oh, I'm, here we I'm, go. I'm happy that you uh, that you had him on recently. By the way, it was great. I got his WhatsApp now too. Like it's, it used to be so hard to talk to him. Finally got his WhatsApp. I think he figured it out. Okay, I got him a first, a first, a first on the first day, then a fourth, no. a third, a third, <laughs> then a first. He would a not have. No chance he would have beaten Cole Greasehaber on the inverted medley. Then, then. Then on the on the third day I have a first, a second, and a twenty seventh. Do you write down the workouts? Uh, no, but Are I can. You... Do, do I, here, here I'll tell you what they are as I do them real quick here. Just give you. A quick... He would have been he would have been second at worst on the bike event. Probably would have won it. I would have it would have been interesting. Have that would have been. A, I did not like that workout in general, and I, and I, I have uh, several reasons why. But it would have been extremely interesting to have him in that field, and see how that would have affected the lead pack mm-hmm. um you know yonikoski is extremely good on a bike but uh, yeah first or second for ricky on that event is more than fair uh and then the second event is the uh, pig chipper i also have him winning that it's really difficult to say you know um it is difficult to say but he'd have kicked fucking ass at it if he showed up and did good maybe uh um uh inverted medley okay so you want to give him a second I'd give him top tens on workouts two and three for sure. Okay. And then um, uh, Alpaca, I gave him a, f- a first, winning that. Mm, who won it? Uh, good question. I, I, he may have won the Alpaca last year, did he? Roman won it. But is it this was a, I mean, this was a very different workout this year from last year for a few different reasons. Um, the, the primary reason is because that initial sled push was a lot harder this year. Remember mm-hmm. last year the, that the turf was slick after the rain? Yeah. And you saw people just get buried by that sled. And when Adrian talked to us about this workout both years, he's like, that first sled push just puts you in a hole. Oh, sorry. Uh, I had him I mean, fourth. I had, No, no. Uh, sorry. I had him fourth for the alpaca. Sorry. That seems more reasonable. I would still say that he, he would have had, at worst, all top 10 finishes so far. Okay. Ski bag third? This one I, I, I'm probably going to disagree with you on. Um, what, what criteria are you using to to place him third on that? Uh, he's 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 great. At, well, I think he did it. Uh, that one, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know. That's and and great. and, and, and we know he's not afraid of a bag. And no, he's got a good yeah, engine. Yeah. Um. Th- then. Uh, uh, I mean, look, that, Helena. Like, I got him third. Like, see, I think he might win that one. Um. So I mean, Adler was Jeffrey Adler, Adler and was Will super, Morad. Yeah, and Adler was superhuman on that workout, and Morad had a great push from Yellow Hoste. But I think, yeah, top three, fine. Okay, then the uh, cross uh, country five uh, k. Just may, may, I think maybe he laps uh, Adler. No, okay. absolutely not. Yeah, okay. no one was no one was beating Yellow Hoste on that, and Adler, I think, would have beaten Ricky on that. 
I'll say maybe fifth on that one. Are you at the run? Who are the top five? Do you remember what happened at the run in um uh You're talking about the uh triplet? Dubai. Oh, in Dubai. Oh, I mean, go back to his rookie year. Ricky Gerard carried Roman up to the snow hill and set him down and then still won. I'll give him third on that one. Oh, come on. Maybe second. I don't think he was beating Hosta. Okay. Uh, intervals. Oh, we got it. I got him at second. I don't even remember that workout. That was, yeah. I don't think anyone was beating Pat Vellner on that. That was a, that was a tricky workout. He said Pat Vellner was using his technique over the box. Well, I mean, I I don't know if you did that (laughs) technique first, but that's a, that's a well-known technique if you can do it, but it requires enough. It requires a certain amount of explosiveness and athleticism that both of those guys have. Olympic total, he gave himself a twenty seventh. He gave, yeah. yeah, because just because he said <laughs> he said he said his all time best uh, snatch is two ninety three. He said he thinks he would have gotten a two forty five. He says all best time uh, best clean and jerk is three fifty nine, and he would have got a three twenty for a total of five sixty five, which puts him at twenty seventh. I think he's sandbagging himself on that workout. I think he would do better than that. Okay. Remember, then, he was the guy that couldn't couldn't clean the 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 what, couldn't clean the two hundred fifty pound sandbag, and then ended up cleaning like three thirty or something on the floor. Right. A muscle up logs. Uh, he, uh, he gave himself. I gave him a first. He says muscle ups are just like just they're nothing to him. Uh, yeah, top three for sure. I would say top three at worst on that. Uh, parallel um, bar pull up. He gave himself a. Uh, a sixth. That's fair. And uh, Echo Thruster fi- final, he gave himself a seventh. A- after Jay Crouch, even. Yeah, I mean, that, that. Yeah, I would agree with the majority of those. Think that's in a, I mean, that's a, that's in a, that's in a vacuum. You know, things can happen at the games. You can look. So you agree with me? Um, Ricky Gar- Ricky Mack would have won the games this year if he was there. You agree with me? I think he would have had a, as good a chance as anyone to win. But you yeah, know, good. look at look at what happened to Vipaka. If I thought that he screwed up when I watched that workout, I thought Who? he saw Brent, Patrick Feldner. Oh, I thought he screwed it up. I thought he saw Brent with one rope climb to go, and he decided I want to beat this guy, and climbed, and he wasn't ready, and he failed, and it just set him back twenty like twenty three spots on the workout. He lost fifty five points by that decision. That's what I thought. But if you read his recap on it, he says, I, I just slipped. I was coming down the rope. I was tired, but I was fine. And one of my hands slipped, and that's a no rep. And you, that's the worst no rep you could have possibly had at any point in the CrossFit Games, unless you got a zero on the Olympic total, um, was the last rope come in that workout. And, and, th- and, and on top of that, you've seen his fingers. So there's always these weird circumstances that can happen at the games. Like in a vacuum, yeah, he should do great on the pig chipper. But am I am I 100% confident that he's going to recover well enough after going head-to-head with Yona Koski on the bike? Yona said he was usually good on the pig chipper too, and he was cramping in the middle of the wall balls. So there's always variables that you can't predict if you're not there. In a vacuum, Ricky looks like he would do great on these tests, yes. Is Jeffrey Adler 120 points better than Patrick Vellner? The, 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 no. It's nine fifty three and eight thirty seven. I mean, did did Adler just kick the shit out of Elner? What's going on here? Well, he's beat him in four, uh, three or four straight live competitions, and you know, Elner is just uh, continuously making these small mistakes. Now, sometimes they're calculated risks. Sometimes they're kind of 
unfortunate things like we just talked about. And by calculated risk, I would say that Rogue is a good example of that. Um, I mean, I wrote an article last year that explained that, you know, both Fellner and Adler theoretically could have won that competition. Uh, I think the margin between them is super small. It was when I was ranking the athletes coming into the games this year, I put Madeiras first because I had committed to doing that until someone beat him at the games. When you win twice in a row, I got to give you that respect unless I know that you're injured or sick or something like that. I thought Roman was going to be pretty tough to beat. I put him second and it was super difficult for me to rank Belner and, and Adler three and four. I felt like it was kind of a wash. Um, Adler's been out, out executing him at competitions for two years running now. Dude, this is crazy. Look, Justin Medeiros took 13th and then almost, uh, what is it? 73 points below him is Will Morad in 14th. So Justin kind of is like the gatekeeper for, for a tier, right? He's at the bottom of tier three, two, no, or four. Oh, oh, oh well, are you putting Adler in his own tier? I kind of I mean, have to, dude. I kind of have well, you can to. Put Roman, you, we can put Roman in that tier. I mean, it's a different circumstance than, okay. points, than the reality. Okay, of the so Jeff and Roman, and then Patrick through. I know. I would say Pat was kind of, I'd put in another tier, maybe. Mm, I don't know. I, I see fifty something points between Velner and Fikowski, and then I see that many points for the next. Like, there's only a hundred points between um, fourth place and Madero's, one hundred and ten points. So I don't know. Man, but Medeiros is at the very bottom of whatever tier that is, tier two or three, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and you might say there's a drop-off after BKG. I and, and I think BKG would have taken somewhere between third and fifth at the games this year healthy. Oh, what was wrong with him? He was really messed up. He's lucky he was even, even able to compete. His I don't remember if he said it was his hip or his back, but one was affecting the other, and it was it was known before the game started and um hence the, his the snatch level the, the snatch and the clean and jerk were 95 yeah, what, pounds each or yeah, something is that what there he did? was something yeah he, he's written about this or, or talked about it somewhere i think he might have wrote, wrote about it or uh, maybe snorri wrote about it in his recap of his athletes or something like that but he uh something happened earlier that day that made his back pretty uncomfortable and um the you know the rules were that uh you didn't have to attempt um a snatch or a clean and jerk in every window. So he just basically clear, clear, cleared with the competition team that he could do what he did, take, accepted the zero and moved on. So he's taking a zero on a lifting test. You could probably project him for somewhere between 60 and 80 points on that test healthy. And he was only 71 points out of, out of uh, fourth place with only doing 11 of the 12 tests. Mm. It's the same as Emma Carey. Emma Carey, because of nothing that had to do with fitness, took a zero on test one and still finished eighth. And the margin between eighth and I think fourth was pretty tight on the women's side. Like she was, I would say she was one of the top five fittest women at the games this year, but she ends up eighth because of something that she had no control over. Yeah, damn. I had one final question for you. Okay, that's perfect. It was about the boys. Your kids? They're a man. They're impressive. Not those boys. Oh, oh, uh, Jr. and Taylor. The Ricky Mac boys. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, oh, yep. Here it is. Sorry, it's Johnny's question. Look at I'm looking over here, like thinking I'm going to remember it, and here it is. Uh, 
How did someone get to Rogue this year? What do you need to qualify for Rogue? Is it invite? It's called the Rogue Invitational. How do people get there? And in his um, yeah, who gets invited? What place did what place did Colton finish? I think eighteenth. Are you sure about that, or is that what you think? I can, I'm sorry, I can't remember. That, that's what I think. Eighteenth. Uh, I don't think that'll do it. I think that. I don't know what why I saw somewhere, and I don't know if it was Rogue or someone else that was said something like only five or something about the rogue qualifier. Um, my, I don't, I don't know if they've announced it for sure, but my instincts are going to tell, are telling me that it's 15 and five again. Five get to compete for 15, some online the top 15 from the and, games and then five. the top 15 from the games and the top five from the queue. Okay. And if someone from the games doesn't accept, does that open up a sixth, seventh, eighth, or do they go down the list and invite those people automatically? Do you get what I'm saying? This, this happened last year, and I think they went down the list at the games. Okay, so I doubt Roman's going. I would be you're probably irresponsible. <clears throat> and, I don't know, man. These athletes are crazy. And I doubt Bjorg van Goodmanson's going to go, and then one more we don't know. So that's three. Yeah, so then you get Noah, Spencer, and Colton get invited. Ah, yeah. Yep, he's getting an invite. You heard it here. It would first. be great. I mean, it would it honestly it would be great if he did get an invite. He's qualified via the qualifier multiple years for that competition. He does okay there. He usually is good for you know a, a top three finish, maybe also an event win. Um, and he's, you know, I said this. I think I said this in the group that were you know that the, the group chat that we have before the games. I said no matter what happens to Colton at the games in terms of his overall placing, that guy could not be doing more with what he's given like his his fitness and his accomplishments are insanely impressive um, i'm grateful i got a chance to tell him that in person this year he is like there's a reason why he has as many fans as yes he, he is a truly inspiring competitor and i want to say he's great on the podcast the last two times i've had him on he's fucking killed it well that's cool because you know he was uh when, when you first started having him on he wasn't as com you know he wasn't as comfortable or confident or didn't express himself as clearly and i think that's pretty standard yeah. Um, you know, I just, you need to get some, it's interesting today. We did a few interviews with athletes here and people that speak freely and are fun and personable. Then you put a camera in their face and it's like, they just get nervous. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that just comes with experience. I think, um, in the sport of CrossFit, a lot of international athletes often run into that problem and then they're motivated to become more confident with their English. Cause that's kind of the limiter, but there can just be, you know, timid shy personalities um like i, I think that's kind of colton's nature but when he just opens up a little bit it's even that much more endearing so i think it's i think everything about colton Burton this year is uh is amazing to me you know I, I i called travis after semifinals and saw see if we could get that shirt going for him um and he was travis was of course able to do that again which was cool so the support for colton is great and it's well well, well deserved Brian, thank you. You're, you're welcome. It was fun. I Brian will you. be Brian will be coming on the show from each remote location. That's a promise I haven't made to you. No, <laughs> I, mean, I never even asked you until now. Uh, he will be coming to you live from Utah, the Pit Teen, the Spain, Sweden, Power Monkey Camp, and the Masters Fitness Collective. It's um, way past Brian's bedtime. It's midnight there. He said he, mm -hmm. he could only come on for half an hour, and you stayed for an hour and five. Thank you. I know the rules here. All right. Bye-bye.